Batman is getting married. Or is he? Find out as we take a look at Batman Volume 7, The Wedding, and then a variety of short stories involving Batgirl in Batgirl Volume 4, Strange Loop, straight ahead. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. Batman Volume 7, The Wedding, begins with a two and a half issue story called The Gift. And this story features Booster Gold. In it, Booster Gold goes ahead and temporarily prevents the death of Bruce Wayne's parents to create an alternate timeline so he can find out what the world would be like without Batman and with Bruce having a different life and give him a video of that life as a wedding present. Now we find that this world without Batman is a very dark world. Uh, you have the Joker going around, and he's turning everyone insane so that they will, uh, in fact, uh, destroy themselves and uh, or go on uh, crime sprees. And other people tied into Batman are not doing well either. Uh, you have Dick Grayson, who has become a Batman, but is a very violent uh, vigilante with guns and bombs. And Jason Todd who sells security devices that kill people under the Joker's influence, who mess with their cars. Now, I have many issues with this story, but let me go ahead and give Tom King, the writer, credit for one thing. Uh, this story really does dispel the questions about Batman, uh, because essentially there is a, th a theory and it's both in the universe as well as with some various fans that all of the craziness and all of the evil in Gotham City is really uh, down to Batman. Batman provokes it by putting on this strange costume, by becoming this creature of the night. And Tom King uh, essentially says, not so. Things were going to get weird in the city regardless. There was going to be the birth of these super criminals uh, savaging the city regardless. And Batman's rise uh, was uh, was perfect in order to protect the city from what was going to happen. And I like that idea more than the blame Batman school. So I give them credit um, that it doesn't uh, go with that uh, theory. And I do see what King is going for here, because essentially he's playing on a Silver Age idea that you'll see in a lot of comics where... Uh, people will will get pictures of alternate universes. There was one issue of either Superman or Action Comics from the late 50s where for a birthday present, Batman got Superman uh, a view of an alternate dimension where Krypton survived. 
And so this is just kind of having Booster Gold uh, do this. Uh, but the story does take a dark turn because Booster actually goes and tells uh, this Bruce Wayne, whose life was untouched by tragedy and who uh, just lives this very uh, sheltered life. Uh, as he and his rich family remain safe from all the violence and mayhem around him. And he goes and tells Bruce Wayne that he's going to set the timeline right so that his parents end up dying. And of course, Bruce, uh, destroys his time machine and way to get back the, uh, to the past. And so this is timelines and in place. And Booster waits around for a year and comes up with this plan to break out Catwoman. Uh, out of Arkham in order for her to uh, talk some sense into Bruce, figuring that they would be the same, you know, regardless. However, Catwoman is clearly psychotic, and she goes on and talks uh, in meows. I mean, that's how far gone she is. The story does turn really horrible and gruesome, uh, particularly as Bruce's parents are killed in front of his eyes, but now he's an adult. And the story has a really, you know, real, uh, grisly, dark, depressing end to it. Though it does end up setting the timeline correct. There are problems with this story. I think the biggest thing is Booster Gold is horribly mishandled here. He's portrayed as just an irresponsible airhead uh, screw-up. Compare this to uh, the way that Dan Jurgens wrote him uh, in uh, the uh, Superman Action Comics volume, uh, Booster Shot. Booster, is, in that story, tries to preserve the timeline and is very cautious and careful. He still has, uh, you know, a braggadocious manner at times uh, and uh, can be a bit full of himself. But he's essentially a hero. The way Tom King writes him, Booster Gold is an absolute idiot. And uh, I think that uh, doesn't serve him well. And it just makes for a very off-putting story. Then we have the half-issue story, Your Big Day, in which uh, the Joker has figured out that Batman is getting married. And he wants to get an invitation to the big day. And so he shows up at this guy's house and uh, holds a gun on him, uh, believing that this guy is going to get the invitation to uh, Batman's nuptials. And they sit around and they chat, and uh, the Joker assures him that he only kills when he is angry. And uh, the guy is just nervous. He's afraid of being killed throughout. He takes the what uh, looks like Joker's gun, but it actually turns out to be a prop gun with a bang on it. And he's just begging for his life and afraid of what this will mean for his family. And then uh, it does turn out the Joker acts like, yeah, you got the invitation and I'm taking it so I can go to Batman's uh, wedding. Uh, and then he kills the guy and says that he kills people when he is happy too. And we find out that what the Joker said with the invitation was actually a letter uh, from the uh, guy's kid's school. 
And taste may vary, but I do not like this sort of story. It essentially just showcases how evil and manipulative and uh, twisted the Joker is. And it's like, okay, uh, I think that point has been made. We can consider that point as read. But that leads directly into the story, The Best Man. Uh, where the Joker uh, goes into a church where there is a, apparently a rehearsal for a wedding going on, a dress rehearsal, and uh, proceeds to uh, kill the groom uh, in an effort to draw Batman. And it does. And the two of them fight uh, in the church uh, until it gets to a point where the Joker is able to hold leverage over Batman by threatening to kill himself. And he tells Batman that he's going to shoot himself unless Batman kneels at the altar in front of the cross. And Batman does so, and it turns out that there is a bomb in the cross. And Batman's down, and that leads Catwoman to come in as backup to rescue him. And she and the Joker are uh, both uh, in the, their fight, are both near fatally wounded and lie down on the ground where if either of them move, they risk, you know, bleeding out and collapsing or, frankly, dying. And they dialogue back and forth. And some of their dialogue is interesting. It's typical Tom King dialogue, so it's kind of a love-it-or-hate-it sort of thing. The Joker explains that this was all a plot to uh, draw her out and that she has to die uh, because uh, he needs Batman. And if Batman gets a bit of happiness, he's no longer going to be Batman. And uh, so he needs him there. He needs Batman. He needs him to be able to uh, stop him. And uh, he just cannot have a world without Batman. And so he's got to kill Catwoman. Uh, and he actually stands up to do so and then collapses due to loss of blood. And as you can see from my description of these issues, Batman has very little to do uh, with most of these issues in the book. Uh, and that does bring us to the big double issue, The Wedding, uh, in which uh, Selina and Bruce decide to get married and they begin to make arrangements. And we begin to become privy to a letter that they uh, each one wrote to the other. The letters are actually really nicely set out uh, in uh, against a series of uh, portraits of them in action. And they're drawn by a lot of Batman artists from the past. I won't say that all of these all of the art in there is beautiful. Some of it I consider to be kind of ugly and mean looking. Not a huge fan of how Frank Miller draws Batman, but I can appreciate it as a bit of uh, Batman history. And, however, the way the story ends up is that Selina ends up backing out. I, I don't feel like I need to give spoiler alert since that has been out there since July. Um, but she backs out because she says that uh, she uh, can't uh, deal with the possibility of uh, him stopping being Batman and not being there to save everyone. 
Selena had taken a woman out of Arkham to be uh, her witness uh, and then returns her to Arkham. And uh, she, uh, the witness, goes back and reports into a group of criminals uh, that uh, she had that Catwoman had broken off just as they planned. And we find that Bane is in there with the Joker, and that this was all Bane's plan. And he proclaims that he's broken the bat. There are so many problems with this book, um, you know, and, and I don't even think my biggest problem is that Tom King essentially led readers on for a year with this whole wedding plot. And that, in fact, uh, Batman uh, became a joint book between Batman and Catwoman for all intents and purposes. That does bother me. Let me be clear on that. Particularly given the hype and all of the tie-in issues and everything that they did that tied into that. I mean, you really did a bait and switch on the readers. But that doesn't bother me the most. What bothers me is the betrayal of Catwoman's character. Uh, because when we go back to Volume 5, The War of uh, Jokes and Riddles, her answer, her decision to say yes, is that she just essentially made a decision that she was going to just simply take it as, we're in love, we should get married. Because Batman had all of these big philosophical questions. And she just kind of baseline uh, dismissed it and said, you know, essentially, you know, we're people. And suddenly she changes her mind and her entire approach. It's completely inconsistent with who she is as a character. And nowhere in the 20 plus issues that we've been following this character were we given any reason to believe that she had changed to believing that Batman is the central figure and that uh, happiness would ruin him. There was no journey, no setup. The only thing we have is that the Joker expressed that opinion. And I, I don't know about you, but the fact that the Joker says something while he is clearly struggling to stay alive and in a fit of manic craziness, that's not persuasive enough to break off an engagement or do anything uh, serious. It's just incredibly unbelievable that she would go that route. At the same time, I also have to say that this book has was dark, it was disturbing, and it was gratuitous. It wasn't called for by the plot. King didn't need to show us a bloody death for uh, alternate Bruce parents. He didn't need to glamorize the Joker killing just this uh, innocent guy in his home. And King certainly didn't need to give us a scene with Hal Jordan uh, in the Joker universe able to use the uh, Green Lantern ring to uh, put a hole in his own head. These were all Tom King's decisions to make this book extra dark and extra depressing. And let me add another uh, complaint to this. 
and it is that this is a Batman book, but Batman has very little to do with the actual action. He has next to nothing to do in the uh, Booster Gold story. He's really only a factor in the first half of uh, Best Man. And even then, he barely gets to speak. Uh, and uh, again, the wedding story, uh, he is essentially a bystander, even though we get to hear a bit more of his words in his letter. Batman is effectively relegated to being a secondary character in his own book, and this is over the course of an entire trade. Tom King can be an amazing writer, and I've had praise for volumes four and five of the series. But I didn't care much for volume six, and this one gets a rating of not classy. This one is even worse, and uh, to me, uh, Tom King's Batman series is kind of on probation. One more uh, uh, trade like that, and I think I'll be done with this. Now we're going on to Batgirl, Volume 4, Strange Loop. And this book is a bit different. Uh, there's not one central uh, story going through it. The longest uh, story in this book is two parts. Uh, so you've got two parters and one parter, so quite a few little stories to uh, cover. Uh, the first is White Elephant. And in this one, Barbara attends a Christmas party. Uh, with some of her friends. And hey, and Harley Quinn disguises herself as Santa Claus and releases a gas into the air that will kill people in 24 hours. And, uh, the reason is because, uh, essentially this very rich guy is, uh, uh, trying to destroy the social safety net and do all of these uh, things that a good progressive would not like. And so uh, she has given him 24 hours to discover the meaning of the holiday season or he's going to die, as well as everyone at the party of this very dangerous uh, pathogen. And so... Uh, uh, Barbara and her friends uh, try to find the cure and try to visit these different spots from this guy's life. Uh, the rich guy is kind of insufferable, but that's okay because Barbara and her friends are too. It's just a bunch of insufferable people traveling uh, around town and finding a solution to the mystery that's not that interesting in the first place. Uh, it's a one-issue story, but it's incredibly smug, as well as a bit dull. Uh, and they even take a selfie in the middle of this search. They've got 24 hours to live, and they... They take a selfie. <sighs> okay. Then we get into Cold Snap. And in this story, uh, you have a cold weather hits Burnside. And uh, the penguin shows up to help, uh, which, you know, definitely has Batgirl uh, suspicious. And there are a couple things I like about this. The first is that she suspects a group of environmental uh, saboteurs known as uh, Spur, called Stockman Pursuing an Unbound Republic. And these guys are dressed in cowboy outfits, and she has a fight with them. And it's actually, I thought, quite funny. It's short, but it's fun to watch. And I love the acronym of Spur uh, for this uh, a gr a coup group with uh, cowboys in it. 
But she quickly decides they're not behind it, and she finds out who is after some investigation, uh, and this is uh, Black Sun. And uh, before we talk about Black Sun, I also want to mention another thing I liked about it is with the snow, she actually has like the, her own little Batmobile thing. It's kind of like a snowmobile, but covered and with skis. It's a really cool vehicle, and uh, I wish we would see it in other comics. But anyway, Black Sun is actually Penguin's son, and uh, there's a confrontation, and it kind of rehashes Volume 2's uh, story uh, with the uh, with the Penguin's son. That wasn't horrible, but it wasn't that great, and, and I think the ending of this story kind of has that same feel. And again, this isn't a horrible story story. It was not bad, and I did enjoy some aspects of it that I've already discussed. Uh, that brings us to Father Knows Best, and you have this sludge monster in the sewer uh, that is attacking people and putting them in comas, and we finally they finally have one uh, boyfriend who's girlfriend is attacked and he saw it and so Barbara sets out to track down the monster and ends up teaming up with her dad though he doesn't know that she's Batgirl. This is a fun story you know it doesn't really have like a big explanation of who's behind the sludge monster but it's kind of fun for the way it highlights the relationship between Barbara and her dad. Then we have Strange Loop, which is actually the last story by Julie uh, Benson, who had uh, first uh, started uh, writing the series with uh, DC Rebirth. And uh, in this story, Batgirl comes to the rescue of a woman who's being chased by her abusive boyfriend. She's shot at, but recovers and takes out the boyfriend. However, she begins to encounter friends she met on her Asian trip, including uh, an old flame from the States named Kai, who's apparently moved back uh, to Burnside, and uh, Mei Hao, an MMA fighter who had gotten into trouble in her own country. And Barbara finds out that Mei has been forced to fight in this underground uh, fighting ring. And she ends up being forced to take her on and gets knocked out and meets someone else that she had met from uh, China, a character named uh, Fruit Bat, who tells her that this is a dream and that she is caught in this dream state and she has to get out before she dies. And she has to work her way out. Uh, this is not a bad story. Uh, but to be honest, it uses a really similar plot device uh, to the book, uh, in the uh, Incredibles book we uh, reviewed a few weeks ago. And I honestly think the Incredibles book was a lot better and more interesting with what it did. You know, I think in a lot of these stories, uh, Julie Benson is aware that this is the end of her run on Batgirl, and so she's revisiting some previous volumes that actually weren't that good to begin with. Then we carry on uh, to Choices. This is a one-issue story. It's written as a, a guest piece, and essentially uh, Batgirl becomes concerned 
with a young man whose uh, father was a cop and who died in the line of duty, and she's concerned he might go down the wrong path, and she wants to get help him make the right choices, and she's trying to get him out from under this criminal gang. But uh, she finds out the criminal gang that he's working for has Two-Face as the boss. And so uh, she wants to get him out, but he actually plans to double-cross Two-Face because uh, he figured that Two-Face is the one who killed his dad. And it's an interesting story. There are some twists, uh, and you get to see a little bit of Barbara's mad hacking skills. I do kind of question this sort of story to have Two-Face as the guest villain, particularly when he it's a one-issue story and he gets introduced in the middle of it. Uh, I think that Two-Face is such a big character, you really have got to give him at least the full issue, if not a couple issues. To have him just as the boss in the story about this kid we've never heard of before, uh, I just don't think is a great use of the character. But other than that, it was a fine story. Then that brings us to the reason. And this is a, a, a... And I like the idea of this story. It ties into the uh, wedding perfectly, as it turns out that Barbara had actually saved the groom who the Joker killed in that volume, and was really grief-stricken by it, and remembered how good he was, and asking a lot of questions. Was what she did even worth it? And she has a good encounter with... Uh, the uh, man's mother. And it's a good idea for a story. I think it's pretty well executed, and I enjoyed it. Uh, the second, because this is from issue 25, which was tri- uh, essentially treated as an anniversary issue with multiple stories in it. So uh, then we get the story, uh, Hopeless Romantic, where... After the conversation, uh, she sets up an appointment with uh, Dick Grayson to meet in a hotel room, and they talk about the wedding uh, not going off, and they philosophize in their underwear. Implied they they do other stuff. It's not a story I particularly care much for. I don't think it does a whole lot for the character, and it just feels like you know a wasted story. Then we get March Madness, in which Batgirl runs into March Harriet, an associate of the Mad Hatter. And initially, uh, Batgirl is fighting her, and uh, Batgirl gets knocked out and wakes up to find that uh, March Harriet is sitting across from her and is announced that she is giving up and that she's knocked out all of her uh, cohorts. And then we have March Harriet giving her backstory and why she has a grievance with the owner of the uh, safe that they were trying to break into. And then there is a little bit where Barbara figures out what's going on, and then at the end, uh, March Harriet gets away. Uh, there's way too much backstory in this. Uh, this isn't a horrible story, but it does have just a lot of backstory and, and is not quite as clever as it thinks it is. 
Well, that's Batgirl's Strange Loop, and overall, um, I'm going to give the book a rating of not classy. Now, let's be clear, it is not as bad as The Wedding, uh, but it's really a mixed bag of both good and bad stories. And none of the good stories, like, just blew me away. So I'm like, yeah, that's, that, that's not, that's not bad. That's kind of enjoyable. And for me, uh, I have, this is another series that I kind of have on a probation status. Um, I'll be interested to see what the new writer does with volume five, uh, that there's going to be a return to her classic Bronze Age Batgirl costume. So I will check out Volume 5, but I don't know if I'm going to go beyond that. So overall, we have Batman the Wedding, not classy. So many problems with that book. And then Batgirl, Volume 4, Strange Loop, also uh, not classy, uh, just really uneven, inconsistent quality to the whole book. We'll do it for now. Join us back here next time as we continue to search for the classiest comics in the universe, and hopefully we'll find a few next time. In the meantime, send your comments to ClassyComicsGuy at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at ClassyComicsGuy. And be sure and rate and review the show on iTunes. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.